Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Um, in today's episode, I'll be reviewing the Sakir Grand Prix uh, that took place yesterday or on the weekend, um, and it, it it was a really really fascinating race. Um, so I'll be getting into that, but also be looking at the wider uh, driver market, seeing how a race potentially has played its uh, way into the Mercedes um, team for 2021, if not 2022, but also looking at how Sergio Perez really enhanced his chances of landing the seat for next year, um, if not in a different uh, capacity than Red Bull potentially. So um, to get into it, on pole, uh, Bottas qualified on pole um, from George Russell by, uh, I think it was two tenths, um, 0.02 seconds, and Verstappen was third. Um, Leclerc did an absolute worldie to put the car into fourth, and, and it was the same with Danny, Danny Kvyat. He he really extracted maximum performance out of the car in order to try and, um, well, I say try, but he got into sixth place, which was really good. Um, Perez, Sergio Perez, his qualifying was okay, and I thought he did really well, uh, mainly due to he, the fact that he was running an older uh, spec engine um, because of the engine failure last week, so what Racing Point did. Because they put an older engine on, and he qualified fifth. Um, Danny Ricciardo was seventh, and Sainz was eighth. And I believe Stroll was ninth, um, with Gasly following up. Um, it, it it was a really disappointing qualifying performance for for Alex Albon. Um, he, he qualified 12th. He was out in Q2. And Christian Horner was seen shaking his head on the TV. And uh, look, I, I don't know what that means for Albon's um, Red Bull career, or even his F1 career at large, but... Look, these, these days happen. I, I'm going to touch on that a bit later on in in the show. But yeah, it, it was a it was a tough day for him. And then uh, Lando Norris and and uh, Fittipaldi they both had engine penalties, so they started at the back of the grid in 19th and and 20th respectively. Um, so I mean, those are the sort of highlights from from qualifying overall. I thought that Russell did very very well um, to be that close to Bottas now. Some people will say it's just the car. Some people will say, look, you know, it's expected of him because he is such a generational talent. At the end of the day, the the seats didn't fit Russell correctly. Um, the pedals uh, weren't uh, offset in the right manner. And the fact that the, the paddles on the back of the steering wheel weren't correct for him either. I thought he did really well. And with it being his first time in the car, it's Lewis's setup, it's Lewis's fine-tuning. Yes, there's going to be benefits to that. But there's also going to be drawbacks. You know, how would he react to be put under pressure? Yeah. And he, he performed quite well in qualifying. Um, so I was like, yes, you know, that's what's going to happen in the race. How is it going to play out? Will George um, potentially sneak in a win? Or will Bottas just do what, what Bottas has done to, to Lewis on a few occasions and seize the upper hand when he's when he's had an opportunity? Um, so it came to race day and I was getting a bit excited. I was a bit nervous. Russell immediately took away um, the lead from Bottas, stormed down into the ter- into the start of turn one, um, and then it was all a bit of mayhem, a bit of chaos because Perez, Leclerc, and Max had a bit of a tangle. What turned out was that um, Charles Leclerc came up the inside of Sergio Perez, and then Max, in order to try and avoid Perez, um, went off into the gravel traps. And yeah, it it was just so so messy. It was a really good start from Verstappen. Um, and he, he did nothing wrong in that instance, but he ended up putting his car out of the race. From from Leclerc's point of view, I, I felt like it was a bit of an ambitious move um, to try and dive up the inside straight away. You know, it's it's the start of a race. Your, your tyres are still cold. It's it's not 
essential to try and gain that much position. It, it kind of reminded me of what um, Danny Rick did at Turkey, but also what we've seen Leclerc do before. You know, we saw it in Austria. Um, we, we saw it at various different parts. Heck, we even saw it last week um, in, in Bahrain on, on, on Vettel, and he was moaning at the time. And I thought, yes, you know, said maybe it's a bit harsh of you to try and lay that criticism at, at Charles's door. But that's something which potentially he has to work out going into 2021, uh, especially as the team leader of Ferrari. Um, but look, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus on the, the sort of key races um, today from my perspective and give them a, a bit of a rating and a, and a review. Um, I, I felt that Sergio Perez, initially I felt so bad for him because he got knocked to the back of a grid. He was already on an old engine. He was in 18th place, and I was thinking, flip, you know, it's not going to be his day at all. The dude can't catch a break. But he recovered, and he recovered so well. He recovered from 18th to 11th initially, and then was catching Albon early on. Um, he went past Albon with a mega move on, on lap 22. And then he continued to gain. You know, he overtook Stroll and gained fourth place. And then he ended up passing Ocon. Um, and, and at this point, he was he was a good, like, 25 seconds down on Bottas. But Mercedes made a, a monumental cock-up when it came to their, to their pit stop and their overall strategy under the virtual safety car. And then it allowed um, Perez to get past. And then his tyre management, that same tyre management, which I spoke about in the um, the review of the Turkish Grand Prix, he just knows how to make tyres last. He was already on um, fresh holds, I believe it was. And he just continued to pump out lap after lap. He managed and caressed those tyres, really, and eventually went on to win the race. Um, he held off a really good charge from, from Russell. Yes, Russell had a puncture. We're going we're gonna to get into that. But I... I I, I can't say how happy I am for Perez because, yes, it's his 190th Grand Prix and many people have not even lasted that long in F1. You know, they haven't had the opportunity, they haven't had the fortune to, to have a, or hold a race seat for that long. But Perez is just one of those drivers, especially this season, who has deserved a point. You know, he's he's been in the points for every race for a year and a half um, since August last year, up until his DNF last week. And last week wasn't even his fault, the engine blew. You know, it wasn't like he put himself out of a race. It wasn't like he had a major crash that was his fault or someone else's fault. His engine just blew up. So for him to have that sort of redemption arc this week and, and come back stronger, yes, it was at the misfortune or at the, the expense of George, and we're going to get into that. But, man, did he take his opportunity? <laughs> you know, and it was really nice to, to hear the emotion coming out of him. You know, this is we're talking about a guy that, doesn't have a race seat for next year. Whether that's racing points initial issue, yes, um, or, or whether Red Bull really need to take a, a bigger look at the data and, and even the podiums and just say, you know what, let's take a chance on a one-year contract, for example, on a, or on a two-year contract, because Perez mentioned that he's got options lined up for, for 2022 if he's on a sabbatical next year. He needs to drive, and he's proven today that he is quality. I don't care what anybody says, if you didn't like Perez before, but at least you felt some sort of empathy for him or, or some sort of jubilation for him watching him win that race. Um, and, and congrats to, to the Racing Point team in general. You know, Stroll, he, he, had, a good, he had a good race himself. Um, he ended up getting third place. Um, he said he felt like he could have won. I don't know if that's completely possible. Um, but then again, I'm just a viewer. I'm just watching on TV. I'm just looking at that times. I'm not driving the car. I don't know about... 
um, the scenario on a day-to-day basis. Oh, in, a, in race basis, sorry. Um, but yeah, he had a good race as well. And then that takes me to, to Esteban Ocon. So Ocon, um, he started ninth. Sorry, he started ninth. And yeah, he got up to fourth place um, without a pit stop up until lap 42. And then he pitted for hards and, and passed Stroll um, when Stroll locked up. And I felt like he had a, he had a quiet but a, a very determined race. You know, he, he took second place and he drove brilliantly. And uh, I, I think once again, it's, it's similar to Perez. He was out of F1 for a year. He, he didn't have a, a drive and that was taken away from him, um, so to speak. And he's come back on this redemption arc. Um, and a lot of people have been saying, oh, you know, do, do Renault go and put Pierre Gasly in, in, the, in the car for 2022? Um, is he going to get absolutely dominated by, by um, Fernando Alonso when he comes in next year? You know, because he's been dominated by Danny Danny Rick all year, both in qualifying and in the race performance. Um, but yeah, well well deserved, and I'm really happy that he was able to show his talent once again. Uh, another Mercedes Junior that had to go somewhere else in order to to further his career. Will we see that happen with George? Um, and now I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna get onto I'm gonna get onto George, but Carlos Sainz. Carlos Sainz, he was having a crack off a race. You know, he was absolutely smashing those laps in. And then he came in for a pit stop on, on lap 56. Um, but then the virtual safety car ended early. So it was really unfortunate timing. You know, he was having a really good race. But then the unfortunate fact that the virtual safety car ended meant that he came out a lot later than he expected to, didn't get that free pit stop. Um, and he ended up in a, in a very good position. But it could have been a lot better for both him and McLaren if. Um, if a, I don't want to say if they timed that right because not many people could have foreseen that. But yeah, if the timings had aligned, he would have had a, a stellar race himself. Um, okay, cool. Now I'm going to get on to Danny Rick, who who managed to get fifth place. Um, he was having a, another good race, a, a little bit quiet, um, and he he was running a, a fairly decent stint on his initial set of tyres. He got undercut by Kvyat in the pit stop, but he kept on pushing hard. Um, once again, he he likes signs, you know. He he stopped in the pits just after the safety car ended, and he came out just behind signs. Um, I know he from his Twitter account and from his Instagram that he was disappointed of that, and he felt that it could have been a lot more. I hear that. I, I agree, but it, it it just was misfortune, you know. Like Carlos Sainz, he didn't expect that the virtual safety car would end so quickly. Um, Without it, could he have run third? Could he have been second? Could he have been in Ocon's place? Potentially. So hopefully he can carry that momentum of fifth place into um, into Abu Dhabi Grand Prix next week. And with that in mind, I believe he's only like 14 points behind Perez in the championship. And that's uh, um, for fourth place. So it gives him an op- another opportunity to score well, score some really good points, and see where he ends up um, before his move to McLaren next year. Um, now I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on Valtteri Bottas. So Bottas had, had a really really poor race. You know, after doing so well in qualifying, after and by, by so well I mean doing his job because as team leader I wouldn't expect him to get passed by by George initially, regardless of how great George is. Bottas has been in that car for a, a good three years now. He should know the ins and outs. He should know how to work his tires and and etc. But after such a good qualifying, he, he had a really poor race. You know, he, he was passed by Russell at the start and by Max 
um, before regaining past Max, and, and then he never seemed to 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 take control of his race. You know, um, I, I said to to one of my friends um, that during free practice one and, and two, it seemed like he was overdriving, and that he felt the pressure to by George or by the medium maybe to to overdrive and really try and extract maximum performance out of the car. You know, he he didn't seem like his his natural self, and I was wondering if it was the same thing for him in the race. You know, he, he just never seemed comfortable. And then George built up a really healthy lead off uh, initially 1.6 seconds. And then it was 2, 2.5 seconds, 2.7 seconds, etc. Um, with that in mind, Bottas, he he really doesn't have any luck this year. You know, he had a huge mix-up under ty- off tyres under the second uh, virtual safety car. He got put onto old hards because the tyres were initially put onto George's car. Um, so, in all honesty, I'm starting to feel really sorry for him. It, it doesn't seem like he can catch a break. But with that in mind, his race pace was nowhere before uh, that mix-up happened. Yes, he started to close George down after the uh, the first pit stop. But I remember, if I remember correctly, George says, do you, said to um, his team and to Bono, do you want me to push? So it appeared that George had more in his locker, even when um, Bottas was saying, hey, you know... Um, or not saying hey, but when he was responding to, to George's laps. So that remains to be seen. He he got passed by George on the on the um after coming off the, the second virtual safety car. And it was a stellar move from George going around the outside. Really, really fantastic stuff. Um and I mean it it does pose a question, what do Mercedes do? Because you have a driver who is in my opinion, the the goat, the greatest of all time in Lewis Hamilton. And we, we hope that Lewis gets well soon um, and recovers well from COVID. And you're not going to drop him. You know, from a from a driving perspective, he's one of the best ever. From a commercial perspective, he brings in a lot of cash. <laughs> and from a from an overall marketing marketing perspective, he has more followers than F1's official follower um, Instagram account itself. So you're not dropping Lewis. Do you drop Bottas? You know, Bottas, he, he came into the season saying, you know, I'm Bottas 2.0 or 3.0, if I remember correctly. You know, I'm going to really bring the fight to Lewis this year. Yes, on certain occasions he has. And it's been, let's say, maybe like a tenth or, or three tenths in qualifying on certain occasions. But his race pace has been nowhere. And if I think back to Portimao, Lewis beat him by 25 seconds. You know, <laughs> this isn't what you would expect off, uh, off a Mercedes driver. You know, uh, we we look at the situation with Red Bull and and Albon, and I'll, I'll touch on that. But if you're not expecting that for for a, a, a Red Bull driver, you shouldn't. De- you should definitely not be expecting that for Mercedes one. So, yeah, what do do Mercedes continue with Bottas for for 2021? I don't know. I know he has a contract, and I know that the team re-signed with him early on in the year. But as we've seen with Sergio Perez, contracts can be broken. I'm not saying that um, Mercedes should go and do that, but with Russell performing so well on his cameo, yes, it's a different track, but with him performing so well, that's got to put something to, into the mind of Toto Wolff. I know he said in an interview with um, a broadcaster in Germany today that you know it's given him food for thought. What what does that do to the Mercedes pit wall when they see that the the uh, companion driver or the second driver, so to speak? is struggling so much against someone who has just come into the team. Is it because George didn't feel the pressure to perform, or is it because Bottas felt like he had to overdrive or or drive outside of his ability? I don't know. Um, all I know 
is that I do want to see George in a Mercedes uh, sooner than later. And if not a Mercedes, then definitely in a race winning car. And, and that's where I'm gonna I'm gonna move over to George. So George for me was the star of the star of the day. Yes, Perez won the race, and trust me, I'm so happy that he did. But George drove a faultless race. Like I said, he overtook Bottas at the start. He held the lead. When the, the first safety car ended, his restart was impeccable. Um he 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 was in a car and in a in a chassis that wasn't necessarily suited to him. I, I know that he was struggling with uh, both height, but also um uh I, I think the steering wheel wasn't adjusted correctly for him as well as the paddles. And Toto Wolf came out um today saying that he had bloody knuckles or, or bloody fists by the end of the race. So to do that whilst you're that phys- that much physically impaired, and on your first race for the the championship team who by all accounts, can be quite demanding in what they expect of their drivers, regardless of what they put out in the press. That was sensational. You know, I, I've never, and I've been watching F1 with my dad initially and then by myself um, since 1998. <sighs> ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And that move that he did on lap 70 to pass Bottas, yes, Bottas was on old hearts, but it was crazy. You know, he got back up from, uh, I think he dropped down to, uh, fifth place, and then he came back up to second within within seconds. It seemed like yes, it took a couple of laps, but he was flying. He passed Bottas, he passed uh, Stroll using some DRS, then he passed Ocon, and then he had the puncture, which was really really sad. And I, I was screaming at my at my TV because it dropped him all the way down to fifteenth. Um, but even then, he he did a, an amazing recovery drive. He, he still climbed back through the field to, to ninth to 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 claim his first points in F one. And that, for me, is what makes him so special. Yes, some people may say it's the car, and yes, Mercedes have got the best car in the history of F1, well, according to Ted Kravitz and and some other commentators, but George is a generational talent. We're forgetting that this guy won GP3. He won, well, sorry, F3, and then he won F2. And then he went to Williams, which unfortunately isn't where it used to be. Um, even, let's say, like in the Felipe Massa and, and Valtteri Bottas days, and he's still out-qualified his teammates over the years, 36 to, to nothing. Today, or sorry, this weekend, he got out-qualified, but we're talking by, what, a couple of tenths in your first race for Merck? Come on, that that was a, a, a ridiculously good race. Um, and I know he was gutted. I, you could see it on his face, you could hear it in his voice. I, I really hope that if, and this is only if, if Lewis Hamilton is not able to recover in time, from COVID, and personally, I want him to take as much time as he needs. Then put George back in that car. See what he can do in Abu Dhabi. See what he can do on a, on a regular track when he actually has to think about every single facet outside of the, this oval. And I, I seriously think that he would flourish. That that puts Mercedes in the position, like I mentioned earlier, of do you take George? Do you take George to? To, to Valtteri's seat and have a pairing of Lewis and George? Or do you say, you know what, we're going to keep tabs on you and bring you into that seat in 2022? Or do we then say, you know what, we're going to release you and you can go somewhere like, let's say, maybe Renault or, or even Red Bull if they're open to it so that he can expand and develop his career? I don't know. But all I do know is that, to me, George Russell was the star of the show. Um, and... Yeah, just just touching on on Alex Albon because I know everyone will, will talk about it regarding um, Sergio Perez. So Albon he, he started shockingly, um, 
I think he qualified 13th and only got 12th because of the, the grid penalties to Lando and to uh, Fittipaldi. Um, he had some good parts of the race. You know, I'm, I'm not going to pretend and, and say that, that Albon didn't have good parts of the race. He did. Um, when it came to his overtakes, they, they were as, as good as usual. And, and that's not a bad thing. But what Red Bull really needs is someone to take the fight to Mercedes alongside Max. You know, someone to, to be there to pick up the pieces. And last week he did that. So when Perez's engine blew, he was there to take that podium. That's what they need. You know, they, they don't need someone who's going to be languishing in the midfield fighting off the Alpha Tauris or for 30 or 40 laps. You know, Pierre Gasly didn't have his best race, but Danny Kvyat was on it. Uh, and if Kvyat was on it, then you definitely know that he's nowhere near where he should be in terms of um, race pace. With Kvyat being a fast driver, but albeit in a, in a slower car. So Red, Red Bull, like Mercedes, also have a, a real dilemma on their hands. Um, what do they do for 2021? Do they sign Checo to a one-year contract um, and use the sponsorship money to help develop the car alongside the fact that they're trying to to um, build a, a Honda engine or retain that, that Honda engine? Um, or do, do they keep Albin? Or, or do they put him on the bench, like Christian Horner said? You know, do I, I like Albin, and he's possibly the nicest guy. In the, oh, I say I like Albin. I'm not the biggest fan of Albin, but he's the nice, he's a, he appears to be a nice guy. You know, I, I don't want him to, to get shafted out of a team that typically doesn't treat his drivers well. You know, we saw what happened with Gasly after half the season. We've seen what's happened with Kvyat in the past. Carlos Sainz um, not even getting the opportunity to drive for, for for the major team. And Danny Rick being pushed out of the door as they, as they try and make Max, uh, or were trying to make Max the youngest world champion. But Albon doesn't seem to be cutting it. And I don't know whether it's the external pressure from the media or even people like myself who are just commentating on it. But I, I think if he's not going to be in, in AlphaTauri next year because Yuki Tsunoda is there, then I, I think, honestly, he should take a, a year out of of Red Bull, recharge his batteries and just come back like Ocon has and really try and hit the ground running. That's if that's my take if, if Red Bull do go for Perez. If they don't go for Perez, then Albon really has to try and prove himself in 2021. Show why he was seen as a talent. Show why he was a little bit quicker with that Red Bull um, initially than Pierre Gasly after coming in. You know, really take the fight to the Mercedes or Ferrari or whoever it is that's leading the pack next year. Um, take advantage of the fact that he's learning from some of the best and use that resilient mindset which he's got in order to try and push forward. Um, but yeah, but but everyone, that's my that's my sort of uh, wrap up from uh, and review of the the uh, Sakir Grand Prix. Hopefully, you've enjoyed it. If you have, please um, leave a, a rating and please remember to to follow me on Apple uh, Podcasts, but also on Spotify. And I will see you next week for the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix review. See you.